do I need to be in order to do what it takes to have what I want to have? Because as our goals shift, it's really important that our habits shift, yes. um, that our standards shift to match those goals. Because um, if we don't show up as her, we never get to be her, right? Without Fear of Her Future podcast is for women who are passionately pursuing financial freedom using multiple streams of income and real estate to accomplish their goals. We are here to empower you to be brave, dream big, and design a life that you love that inspires others to do the same. I'm your co-host, Andrea Ingstrom, a real estate investor and business coach and co-founder of The Partnership for Realtors. I'm here with my co-host, Teresa Todd, founder of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and author of the best-selling book, Without Fear of Her Future. Over the past two years, Teresa has had nearly 200,000 join her masterclass where she teaches women how to become successful real estate investors. Hey, Teresa. Hey. Well, Andrea, here's what I think we both know. No one is born with a handbook of how to become successful. And it looks different for everyone. Success is not always defined by how much money or power you have. Success is whatever it means to you. And there are habits that you can do each day to make you feel like a successful person. In this episode, we're going over how to think and act like a successful person to help you reach your own optimum level of success. I love this topic so much. And I just want to encourage everybody, if you're not already subscribed, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our new episodes. They come out every single Friday. Um, but this is a topic that you and I are both very passionate about. So I'm really yep. excited um, to dig into this. So today we're going to be talking about the habits of successful people, how you can reach your highest potential. So Teresa, when you envision a successful person, what does that look like to you? Okay, you know truly what a successful person looks like to me? Someone that's happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't even matter how much money you make or what you've accomplished. I think if you are happy, you are content, uh, I think that's success. Um, but obviously, you know, well, in this conversation, we're talking a little bit about, you know, obviously financial success. What is it? What is And there's no magic number to success. But when someone is doing something that they love, and they are creating an income from that, a very substantial income that is helping them to live the life that they want. That's success to me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that's what so many people are striving for, even if they don't know how to put their finger on it, because they, they know how to articulate the money part. Mm -hmm. And the money part is something that is tangible. But like, how do you put a number on happiness, you know, exactly. and it's and it's honestly for a lot of people, it's a feeling that they're chasing. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, when they reach that number, they haven't always reached the happy part. Yes. And so it's so important to like to pay attention to both of those things Absolutely. and figure out what success really looks like for and you. If we're doing something, even though it's made us a lot of money, mm -hmm. we hate doing that thing yeah. that I wouldn't call that success. Right. Yeah, that That's a trap that <laughs> <laughs> for ourselves. So if we talk about how a let's talk about how a successful person starts their day. What does a morning routine look like to you, Andrea? Yeah. So you all know I'm really passionate about um, the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. This is this is one of the most transformational things for me as, as especially as I became a real estate investor and I I had to figure out like what who do I need to be 
in order to do what it takes to have what I want to have. Because as our goals shift, it's really important that our habits shift, um, that our standards shift to match those goals. Um, Because if we don't show up as her, we never get to be her, right? Right. And so I think the the morning routine is really important. Um, And for me, a big part of what I, I do first thing in the morning Um, I, the first things I grab when I wake up in the morning is a journal and a pen and, and I even made myself a notebook and I actually have it near me at all times. I put a, I put my values word on the front of it. My values word is integrity. And I always bold the word grit and the word integrity. And it's about choosing courage over comfort. Right. Um, but in my notebook is, um, all the things that are the prompts for my miracle morning. So it's what I'm going to do with my silence. It's the affirmations that I've written for myself. It's the visualizations, um, to review those things. Um, and, you know, and exercise is something I'm striving for. And I want to talk to you more about that because it's something that you are so good at in your routine. And I, and I aspire to that. Um, but reading and then journaling or scribing for personal development. Journaling is like the the biggest, most consistent part of my morning, um, journaling and affirmations. Um, so, but I want to hear about for you, tell me, um, you know, being an early riser is part of most successful people's routine. Um, tell, tell me, first of all, why, why do you think that is? Oh, well, I think you get an early start on everything. We literally have more hours to the day. And I think those first few hours are like the most powerful. How are you going to start the day? Literally sets in motion what that day is going to look like. And for me, it started 30 years ago when I was raising kids. And that was my only time. Like, I love to get up a few hours before my kids ever got up. And so that's when I started that habit Mm -hmm. of getting up and, um, you know, spending a little time with God, spending a little time reading my Bible. And then exactly what you just said. I love to journal and write my thoughts and look at my goals and then just spend some time reading powerful books that are going to transform me. So, Um, Mm -hmm. I think those first few hours of the day are transformational to our life. Absolutely. And we've heard from you before, Teresa, that, and I love in your social media, you're always posting. um, What I I love this about you, you post the sweaty pictures and not everybody, (laughs) not everybody posts the sweaty pictures, but it inspires us. And it tells us like, no, like you're, she's a, not only is she real and she's normal and sweats like everybody else, but you do it at a level that most people aren't willing to. And so we know that exercise is a huge part of your lifestyle. How does having physical, a physical outlet help you be successful? throughout your week. Wow. I, so I got into health and fitness late in my life. I was like, I mean, I was like in my forties. I, there's still hope. There's still hope. Oh, absolutely. girl. (laughs) Absolutely. I was the girl who did not like to sweat. I did not like to hurt. I did not. I was, I mean, I had joined a a gym two or three different times. I was, I went two or three times every single time I joined. And then that was the end of that. We call that the fat tax in our house. When you join the gym and you don't go. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and so it just wasn't, I hated it. Yeah. And so, but for whatever reason, there were, I, I won't go into it, but it, it's interesting. It, it'd be a great topic for another podcast. Um, that particular year, several things all at one time really made me realize how important it was for me to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I just made it, I just decided like one day, I just decided that I was going to do this and I was not going to quit. And that's what I did. I just never looked back. And I cannot describe how 
um, it changed who I was when mm-hmm. I began to do, cause I was also the girl that never did hard things. I just was the girl that, you know, I just yeah. was getting by in life. And once I learned that I could push my bodies to do things that I never knew were possible, it became an addiction. It mm-hmm. became absolutely fun. I love to compete. And so I was in these competitions and I was like in my forties and I was able to do some of these things that the 25s and the 30 year olds could do. And it was so exciting and so fun. And so I learned about eating healthy and putting healthy foods in my body. And I realized how different I felt, how much Mm -hmm. more energized I felt. I wasn't weak anymore. I was strong. And then once you realize that you can be strong in your body Mm -hmm. and feel good, you realize overall in life, I'm leaving so many things on the table. I am I have the capability of doing so much more than I ever dreamed of. And so I think that it was such a great experience for me right before I became a an investor and became an entrepreneur to have a few years of that experience because I was learning then to mm-hmm. push myself and to get uncomfortable. And it's okay if it hurts and it's only going to hurt temporarily, but the payoff is worth it. And I have seven grandkids and mm-hmm. I am, I want to live my life with them. I don't want to be the granny that's sitting in the rocking chair watching them. I want to be whatever they're doing. I want to be doing it too. Yeah. I want to, you know, be right in the middle of it. So, um, you know, we were supposed to do a mud run just two weeks ago and it rained out. So I didn't, but I'm just always trying to do things to push myself. To I love it. it. Yeah, I love it. And I, you know, this is one of those principles that I talk about a lot, but that I have to, um, I have to put it into practice in this one area of my life. But the the concept is that that when we take action, the feelings follow, but that if we wait to get started until we feel like it, that it may never come. Like, Mm -hmm. we'll just be sitting here, like, I'll be sitting here 20 years from now waiting to feel like doing a mud run. Um, (laughs) Right. And it may never come. But if we take a little bit of action, that those feelings follow. Yeah. I I think that's true for all of the habits. And, you know, every other habit that I've implemented in my life, I know that that's the truth. Um, So I'm going to, what is, what is the advice that you would give someone who is struggling with one of these daily success habits of whatever that success. So here it is. I mean, it's just been 70% or more of successful people have an exercise routine. Mm -hmm. So I think just realizing that or, and it's 70% or higher are readers, 70% higher are of successful people get up early in the morning. So whatever it is, whichever one of these things that you're working on, mm-hmm. um, I think when you realize, listen, if 70% or more of successful people are doing this, why do I think I'm just going to be one of the few that never has to do this, but I'm going to find the success? So I think that we have to truly get convicted about it and say, am I really serious about who I want to be and what I want to accomplish? And then so not only thinking about the thing we have to do, but think about, like you just said, what who am I going to have to become? to do the things I want to accomplish and to be the person. So what some of these habits, whatever the thing is, and you can take one at a time, whether it is to get up, you know, 30 minutes earlier or an hour earlier or to go to the gym. I think you have to make a commitment to it and then be married to it. You just Mm -hmm. don't make excuses. You can't make excuses. And then when you fail, because you will, there's going to be that day you oversleep. There's going to be that day you don't make yourself go to the gym. 
But the thing you don't do or read the book or whatever it is, right. the thing that you don't do is say, well, I'll wait till next Monday. Right. And it's only Tuesday. You know what right. I mean? Just get on, get back up the next day and do it the next day and do it. And if you miss three days, do it. Just keep do it every single time. Have some accountability. Um, I will. I am so mad at myself if I don't carry out the things that I want to do that it, I'm, I'm mad. And it, I think it, it, it makes me mad at my day. It makes me just so frustrated that it has become absolutely vital. And I will. And when people try to get in the way <laughs> of me doing the thing, I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. I can't meet you at nine o'clock because that's when I'm going to be at the gym. Um, so you just have to like be um, bullheaded about it. Mm-hmm. I, like, that's how I am. I'll just be honest. Okay, you just said something I think a lot of people don't don't get when it comes to creating habits that that help you be successful. Um, you said if somebody asks me to do something at nine a.m., my answer is no because I'm going to be at the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people are that dedicated to their own personal success habits that if something fun or exciting or a big opportunity comes along, that they will say no because they are putting themselves in the important spot in their, in their own life. I think that's huge, huge. And I think that that's what we absolutely have to do because there will always be something or someone pulling on you to keep you from accomplishing your goals. And Mm -hmm. you, you have to just be, um, I'm just going to use that word again, bullheaded and say, nope, this is, that's when I do this thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a good, good boundary. That's a great lesson. Um, I also heard someone say the other day something, and I love this concept, that if you didn't do what you intended to do first thing in the morning, to treat your day like it's four quarters, like it's four quarters in a ball game, right? And, um, and if you don't, if you mess up the first quarter, that's okay, you got three more quarters. So if your early morning is one, your, you know, your midday is another, your late afternoon is another, and your evening is another, if you didn't get your, if you didn't get to read this morning, because your kids were screaming at an hour mm-hmm. earlier than you expected. And we all, and there's a lot of moms listening that goes, yeah. so wouldn't that be nice if I could go to the gym at nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> and, but life happens and people get sick and all those things. But if the first quarter didn't, if you didn't do what you wanted to do in the first quarter, you got three more quarters and you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next Monday to do what you intended to do. There's still, there's still, and I think a lot of us just just go. Well, I blew my diet today. Yeah. I'll start again tomorrow. Might as well eat cookies for dinner. Yes, you know. And um, but we don't think about. Well, no, I could. I could choose. I could choose right now to have the rest of my day look how it needs to Absolutely, look for me to feel good. Girl. Yeah, so good, so good, so true. Okay, I want to ask you, Andrea, what is your favorite thing that helps you feel successful? Mm, I love this question. Um, I think for me that one of the things that helps me feel successful is when I'm able to teach something to someone else that helps them be successful or that gives them confidence. Um, So I think whenever we feel helpless, we need to get helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever, whenever I've, uh, whenever I've accomplished something, it doesn't always like, it feels good, but it doesn't feel real good unless I help somebody else do it. Oh, I like you it. Know? And when you know, you really know it when you can. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think that that might be part of how I'm wired to and or like where I'm at in my life is, you know, there's, 
there's freedom, finances, and fulfillment, right? We're all striving for some degree of those things. And I think yeah. where I'm at in my life, a big part of what I'm striving for is fulfillment. And fulfillment comes from helping others, right? So if we can help others be successful, that's, for me, that's part of how I gauge my personal success. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I I love the just the idea of what makes us feel successful, because yeah. I think that's important. I mean, we, you know, what we need, if we know what makes us feel successful, then let's just do more of that thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I, when I, when the, the thing that came to mind when you, when you asked that, and I had to stop for a second, because I put on my, I put on my, uh, my um, lucky blouse today for our conversation about success, Teresa. So we're both wearing wearing green today, but um, (laughs) this is the blouse that I wore when I first got my, like I got my first job in an advertising agency and I landed the gig and I felt like a million bucks. And then every time I would pitch a new, like a big deal client, I would wear this blouse. Love it. And so sometimes there's little things that are cues to our body and to our brain. Oh yeah, we're going to win this one. This is like, and so I think there's something to that, but, um, but you know, what we put on our body comes and goes, um, but being able to make an impact on other people, I think for me is like absolutely, a big absolutely. Yeah. But I am with you. Um, dressing for success is huge for me. If I've got something big, I am, I love to stand in my closet and think, what do I feel powerful in today? Well, you know, cause you yeah. want to look a certain way. And yeah. so I am all about that. I love it. I love it. I've got a couple power jackets I pull out just uh-huh. on just for such an occasion. Uh-huh. Well, let's let's talk for a second about the pressure to become successful. Um, so I want to I want to talk about what does this look like for women specifically? Because I think there's a different kind of pressure yeah. to be successful in being a woman than there is um, for the guys out there. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a tough question. So what you know, and we're balancing so many other things. Yeah. I mean, we have to be, here's the deal. We want to, okay, for, for a woman to be successful, she has to look good. Yep. And she's supposed to be a great mom and have some <laughs> quality time and make a lot of money and have this killer business and, you know, I don't even know, and be a great friend and daughter and just all of the things. Yeah. And boy, we are going to put ourselves in misery if we try to live up to other people's standards. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have to figure out what does success look like for us individually? What it, what are you want to be, you know, exp- and it's different for different seasons, Andrea. Yeah. Um, I really, be- I am a strong believer in seasons that there's a season where we should concentrate on being the best mom yeah. more than being the best real estate investor. Then there's another, you know, like right now, my, 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 all my kids are grown. So boy, this is my season for business. And I am loving every minute of this season. But I remember when my kids were in high school, three boys in high school that played sports, my season was getting them to their sports and getting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I have to be happy doing that, not feeling like part of my life is missing. Because this is just where I belong right now. And mm-hmm. uh, keeping that really important. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping grabbing that. a book because you just reminded me of something that's like so, so profound. Um, at the back of the Miracle Morning book, there's this series of quotes that he shares in here. Uh-huh. And it says, love the life you have. 
while you create the life of your dreams. Yeah. Don't oh, think so good. Yeah. Don't think you have to wait for the latter to start doing the former. Love the life you have while you create the life of your dreams. So I, I think you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, they just gave me chills. I I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. Because I mean, whatever season we're in, there's going to be different, different varying degrees of what we can de devote to mm -hmm. a business or to, um, to, to different things. But we got to decide what success looks like. And we can't compare ourselves to someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, it wouldn't be fair for somebody. Uh, well, I mean, even like you, Andrea, you're still raising kids. Right. And, right. you know, but you're still thriving in business. But it wouldn't be fair for you to compare to me when I have twice as many hours to put into business as you do. And mm -hmm. um, so I just think that that is so important is you got to compare apples to apples, not apples to oranges, mm -hmm. as well as we all have different desires, right? Different, you know, what again, just describing, defining success and just what it means. I think that it is something different in the eyes of every single person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, um, education, you know, specialized knowledge, this is something that you and I are really both passionate about. Let's talk about why this is so important to continue to learn throughout your life. Be well, dedicated to that. Having a growth mindset is a game yeah. changer. Just constantly wanting to grow and to be open-minded to new thoughts and ideas and new ways of doing things. And so I, yeah, I think we both, I mean, podcast, reading the right books, putting yourself in the room with people that are a level higher than you are all amazing ways to grow and to continue to grow. And if, we, if the opposite of that is becoming stagnant or just go, or even going backward. And if we ever think that we are enough, you know, that we don't have to continue to go attend seminars or read books and that we've just arrived, oh, we're just going to be stagnant. I love, I absolutely love learning in every way that I can. Mm -hmm. What about you? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I love learning for me. I mean, at this season in my life, so much of it is in, um, in books that I read in podcasts that I listen to in being able to, you know, if, if I'm going to a conference, um, to be able to just like really absorb what's going on and and meet the right people. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's something that gets me like, it, for me, it, it re it new information connected to my passion, or it's like whenever you can recharge your brain with new, new information or new ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm an idea person, you know, this about me, but like, I get so excited about new ideas. Like that's what energizes me uh -huh. um, as much as anything. Like I'm money in the bank is great, but I love, I love talking about new ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so when people bring me new ideas and I feel like we have so much opportunity for this today, more than any other time in yeah. history, like, have y'all heard of YouTube? Have y'all heard of <laughs> Spotify, like the, the amount of information that we can consume. I think it's our job though, to in part is to get good recommendations yeah. and to be, be you know, be careful about who we allow to feed our brains. Like what we're yes. putting into, what we're putting into our brains is really important. So I want to hear from you. Like, let's talk about books for just a moment because mm -hmm. books are, 
you know, one of the oldest ways to, to receive information, but I still yes. think one of the best. So oh, tell me about what I you love, love, love to what, read. And I am definitely one of those people that have three or four books going at a time. Uh-huh. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just like be in love with one and I'll read it to start to finish without. But I usually I have them everywhere. They are in my car. They're in every room of my house. They're in my office. And whichever one is near me, I just want to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of my my favorite um, Think and Grow Rich. Think yeah. and Grow Rich. I mean, so it's so an old book, but it's that is just something every single person should read. It mm-hmm. is just it's a mind opener. And it is just full of powerful nuggets. Um, and then I, oh my goodness, my mind is just going blank. It's the one about the habits. Seven um, habits. What is it? Se- the seven habits of highly successful seven people. Seven habits of, of uh, highly successful people. Oh my goodness. And that's some of the things that we talked about at the beginning of this. Um, and if, then the power yeah, of the, habits. Yes. The power of habits. Now that one was an eye opener for me. What that did for me, Charles Duhigg wrote that book. And I remember I was living in Tampa when I read that book. That might have been one of those books that I read from beginning to end without putting down because it showed me that anything is possible. You can create any habit you want and you can break any habit you want if you make if if you decide to. So that pow- that book is so powerful. Um but then the other one that you just mentioned, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People is listen, it's going to share with you these seven habits of highly successful people. And if all of these highly successful people are doing these seven things, maybe I should too. <laughs> maybe I should be doing those things too. And so that is how I believe I used to hear things like, oh, this is going to change your life. That book will change your life. And I used to think that is so overused. And I feel so differently about it. Mm-hmm. I do believe that all the things can change your life. One little piece of your life at a time. If I pick up one new habit that a highly successful person does, I am that much closer to being successful and that's life changing. If mm-hmm. you know, if I pick up one little nugget from this seminar that I go to or this podcast that I listen to and I incorporate that thing, it truly is changing my life in just maybe that one small area. But then when you just are constantly bombarding yourself and immersing yourself, you're becoming a new person. Yes. Yes, absolutely. What about you? Tell me what are your three favorite books that you would recommend? Yeah. Well, if I, I might, I might give four. How about that? I already shared one is the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. Um, and for me, I know if, if there's a book that I read and reread, because I am not a girl to watch the same movie over me and neither, over again. I, I want all new there's things. There's no time for a same movie. Give me something new. No, but there's a few books that I have gone back to a few times because I knew that when I read it the first time, I wasn't ready for a couple of the lessons and I'm going to pick it up and read it again. Um, so The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod is one of those things. The number two is Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. That was such a transformational idea. And I think it was also at a point in my life that I read it. I picked it up because we were reading it in the book club in the mentorship uh-huh. in the Women's Real Estate Investors Network when I first joined. And I was just at a point in my life where it was a message that I needed to hear. And it so shifted my conversation about doing hard things. Um, and, and for myself internally, 
like, and I've always, I've always talked about, you know, above and below the line and, you know, making sure that you're above the line thinker. And this is just kind of next level for that, but also just gave us some new language. And I think at the time I had so many friends that were in the network and we were all talking about it, that it really solidified that in my heart and in my spirit. And I was Mm -hmm. doing hard things and teaching myself what I was capable of. So it really, I think, bolstered me during a time that that was really important. Um, The one that I've, um, that one that I've read more recently, and I just finished this book, and I'm just dying over it, and I'm making, I'm like, I'm sharing it all the time, is The Power of One More by Ed Milet. Oh, it's yeah. so good. There's there's some principles in there, and I mentioned one of them earlier. I think the idea of our standards have to align with our goals and if our standards and what you mentioned earlier is like your 9 a.m. standard, but you've got, we've got to have standards that align with our goals. And, and that's really all that all that our goals are is like, what are we willing to do in order to reach those goals? Like that's our standards. And like, what are yes. we willing to stop doing and to not do anymore in order to reach our goals? Like, so that was a really transformational idea. And there's, there's literally a dozen transformational ideas, um, even within the first few chapters of that book. Um, and then the other one that just came to mind was The One Thing by Gary Keller. That is such a good book, yep. that concept. Um, and the principle behind that is like, what is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? And it's a, it's a principle that I use all the time in my goal setting and in my to-do lists and in my daily and weekly, like looking at what I need to accomplish accomplish. Um, and it's, I think it's one, been one of the most like transformational ways to think about productivity um, in addition to, to reaching goals. Well, of all the books you just mentioned, I have not read that book and you've oh. actually mentioned it to me a couple of times. So uh, that's going to be my next book. Awesome. I, I've heard you as well as others mention it. And I think that I have to, I'm getting on Amazon and ordering that book. I love it. I love it. Um. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing about your books. Like that's something we've talked about doing for a little while. Yeah. Um, Tell me about some of the, tell me about some of the podcasts that you like to listen to. Well, you just mentioned Ed Milet. That is my favorite podcast. Every single episode is, I'm just screaming. I mean, they're so good. So Mel Robbins just started a a podcast. I think it's the number one podcast in the world right now. And I think Ed's is number two. Amazing. Yeah. So highly recommend those two podcasts. Um, obviously our podcast, which I can't mention that, not mention that if you're interested in being a real estate investor. Um, but, uh, and so I switch back and forth. Those are two that I'm listening to like I never miss when they sit when they have a new episode. I'm I'm listening. Others, I also balance a lot of um, faith based podcasts. So I love Stephen mm-hmm. Furtick. He has uh, so my you know my pastor Robert Morris. Um, if I miss my Sunday morning, you know I, I listen to that. But um, Brooke Thomas, you know I, I don't I, I love her podcast. So I think it's finding people that you really connect with uh-huh. and because I could listen all the time. Obviously I have to, you know, so I, I go on a cycle. I have a mm-hmm. cycle. And so usually when I am putting my makeup on every day, that is definitely podcast time. So depending on how long they are, I can get in at least a 30 minute, sometimes a full hour of a, a podcast. And that could be, you know, anywhere from one to three podcasts. And I just roll them, roll them, roll them. Yeah. So those are some of my top favorite. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to echo Ed Milet's show. Like that's my number one right now. That's uh-huh. what I, I keep going back to. 
Um, when I first became a real estate investor, I was listening to Bigger Pockets all the time and we love them. Absolutely. Lots of great information. And I always made a joke that if I would go for a walk and listen to Bigger Pockets, I would make an offer on a house that day. Like <laughs> every yeah. without fail, I would make an offer on a house. And I was making a lot of offers on houses, yeah. but um, but I was uh, a lot of the days I was because it would just fill my body with energy and my mm -hmm. brain with energy and like new ideas around how to how to do this. And it was solidifying some of the things that I was learning in our, our, um, our mentorship, like yeah. about how this thing works, but hearing it in practical application in yeah. story after story. So that was really helpful. And then I love Marie Forleo's podcast yes. too. Like, I think she's so, and like you said, find somebody that kind of speaks to you or that resonates and she's mm -hmm. her, I love her style and her attitude and she, yes. she hits me in the right places. So <laughs> I love it. Love it. Has some great guests. Well, part of being successful is reaching goals that we set for ourselves. So do you have a goal setting routine? Oh, you know, I do. You know, I do. So um, I I like to about every 90 days do a goal setting reset where I'm evaluating what are those areas in my life. So if people are familiar with the wheel of life. I think it's something Tony Robbins teaches as well. But it's like looking at all the areas of your life and saying, like, what is my level of satisfaction on a scale of one to 10? How satisfied am I? And what would a 10 look like in those areas? And I think it's amazing um, over the course of time, how those things change as we as our journey, you know, as the season of our life changes, or as we achieve a certain goal, we realize the other goals, it kind of goes back to that one thing, mm -hmm. um, where we go, what was the one thing I could do? If I did this, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And I'm like, wow, how many goals can fall off my list? Because I accomplished my one thing Ooh. goal. And so that with that in mind, um, I will set goals around the areas and categories. And then I will identify what's the one thing in each of those categories. And then overall, I look for like, what's my one thing overall, that if I were to accomplish that one thing, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. And so I like to do that, that process about once every 90 days, um, and just make sure I'm in alignment. I want to be in alignment with what I want my life to look like yeah. in health and, you know, investing in my family life, relationships, all of those things. It's not just about my business. I, I agree. And I love a reset every 90 days because sometimes, you know, we all do the whole at the beginning of the year, we set these, right. these goals. But sometimes 90 days in or maybe six months in, we realize that's not even our goal anymore. Right. You know, maybe maybe we've already hit it or maybe you realize that isn't even the direction I want to go anymore. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you how many times I have like scratched a whole goal and and changed it. Because yeah. I just realized that is not the season for this goal, or I already met that goal, or I don't even want to do that thing anymore. Right. <laughs> so um, I love that. Don't be stuck on something. Just know that we can revamp anytime. So I love, love that. But then the real question is, how do you measure the success of your goals? Uh, that's a good question. So, you know, if, if anybody's familiar with SMART goals, we know that if you write a goal, it really has to be measurable, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, I usually will put some kind of a metric when I'm setting a goal. And there's two there's two kinds of goals in my book. There's accomplishment goals and then there's habit goals. And I think sometimes we'll brainstorm and we'll just put them all together. Yeah. Um, but habit goals are something that are something that, that is ongoing. It's a change that you're going to make to your daily or weekly or monthly routine that has lasting impact, but you're continuously doing it. It's not like I set a goal to 
start jogging every morning and then I do it one time and I've reached my goal, right? It's a habit. It's a, the goal yeah. is to create a habit. Um, but for accomplishment goals, it may be that I want to, you know, I want to do 12 real estate deals this year, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and so in order to, to be on track for that, we have to know, you know, what are the metrics that need to be in place in order to move in that direction? Like how many offers do I need to make per month in order to get one house under contract on an average of one a month, mm-hmm. right? And usually that goes back to the marketing. Like, what do I need to be doing? Who do I need to be talking to? Like, what are the, what are the, and what's the investment that I need to make in order to, to do that? And so it kind of, you know, usually most of our goals, it's not about the end result as much as it is about the metrics that are happening along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, and if, you know, if it's in a, a business goal, usually it, it has a, it has to do with, are we doing the marketing? And at what level, how many leads are we talking to? How many leads are we closing? And what is the average dollar sale of those leads? And then number of transactions mm-hmm. total. Um, and so we can we can kind of go back, we can reverse engineer our goals yeah. and then know, because we, we're not going to like in the first quarter necessarily hit our whole year's worth of goals, but we can know if we're on track, if we're yeah. actually hitting those those metrics. I agree. I agree. Setting, like you just said, setting a goal of 12 deals a year. Now, how am I going to do that? What is that going to take? How many people, you know, how much marketing am I going to have to do? How many leads am I going to have to run? And yeah, that is, I think is, is such a powerful thing because if we could just throw any kind of numbers out there for anything, but if we don't have a, to work it backwards, a way to reach that goal, we're going to be very frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, when you get, when you get to six and you look up and you go, wow, I don't actually want to do 12 deals this yeah. year. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, right. Let's, I'm going to finish the, up these deals and, and not all deals are made equal, right? Because yeah. we could, we could easily do 12 wholesale deals in a year, but if we're doing 1200 to $200,000, uh, construction budget flips yeah, in a year, girl. we may start to feel overwhelmed. Yep. Um, after we get to number six of those, and mm-hmm. I speak from experience there, like maybe <laughs> you, you may want to decide, um, like do a few and try it out and decide if that's what you really want your yes. life to look like. And then Absolutely. if it's not, then you can shift and yep. maybe the next six deals are wholesale deals yep. and you don't take on more construction projects while you're in the middle of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell us about, um, this is something that happens to all of us. Uh, we get a curveball. And that's a sports analogy, um, but but it really what we mean there is that um, things don't always go the way we plan. We can't things out of our control will happen, whether it's sickness, relationships, breakups, you know, family stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's things outside of our control entirely, like a pandemic or a, a yeah. major shift in the economy. So, how do you continue to stay motivated when life throws you curveballs? Okay. Um, This is a fantastic question. And this is something that I started working on long before I was a real estate investor. Uh, One thing I just learned is that life is going to throw some stuff at us. All the things that you just mentioned, whether it is health or whatever it is. I mean, the rug is going to be pulled out from under us in so many different ways. And um, I I came from a family where everybody went hysterical when something went wrong. And that is how I was. I was Uh just this hysterical person of, you know, just so much drama if something went wrong. (laughs) And when I realized that, that I was that person, I was in my 20s. 
I determined that I was going to be a different person. I was uh-huh. not going to. And uh, one of the and here's the deal: we can control. We don't have to be out of control. We can yeah. control who we are. And so for me, it was eye opening to go. I'm as crazy as the rest of my family, you know. And so um, I just made a decision. So now, Andrea, this sounds crazy. Um, I am like the calmest when stuff when bad stuff happens. Yeah. And um. I'm just like, okay, a John Maxwell quote that I say to myself every single time. Okay, everything, uh, there is an answer to every problem, usually more than one. So the minute that I say those words about whatever is coming against me, that gives me a peace. I'm like, okay, there's an answer. I just need to figure out what it is. Um, also, my faith is huge in this because yeah. when something crazy happens, the very first thing I'm going to do is go, okay, God, you see this. You knew it was going to happen before I did. So give me wisdom. Give me direction. Give me peace while I work through it. And I think that is that is a game changer you know, for me. And then I am immediately going to start figuring out in my mind how to deal with this thing. Do, is it something that I need to to let go of because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, a curveball is just a sign that, you know, I don't need to even need to be doing this or how do I revamp, you know, in the, in the real estate world, what throws us a curveball is when your contractor walks out on you, you know, yeah. project. Um, there's no time to freak out. There's no time to whine. You get up the next day and you go find another contractor. And there's no sense in being bitter and, you know, you don't have to bad mouth them. You just move on and find another contractor. And it's really that way with every single thing that happens is if we will um, just let go. There's, you know, we don't have to pay people back. We don't have to. And now let's just fix this problem. What do I need to do to fix this problem, to make this thing go away or to make it better or to move on, to be successful in this particular endeavor? So that, I don't, I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) Oh, it does. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, it reminds me, um, I know I found myself, um, because I, I have dark times, I go up and down sometimes, and it's, and I can, I can identify, you know, sometimes it's connected to um, what's happening in my life and in, um, in circumstances, or, you know, things that are happening um, that I, that I can't control, right? Yeah. And, um, and when I find myself starting to just like get grumpy or, um, or sad or angry, um, and my default emotion, I don't know about you, my default emotion is angry. I go to angry. And um, and so I'll just like fester or fume about something. And yeah. um, and so that's when I figure that's when I figure out I have to have an attitude shift because we can't control, can't control other people, can't change it, can't control circumstances, but we can control ourselves and our own attitudes. And um, and I was in a particularly like rough moment and um and I sat down on the couch and something in my mind. Um, oh, I know what it was. Um, so a lot of our listeners know that like recovery is part of my story. And so the mm-hmm. the serenity prayer comes to mind. It's God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, mm-hmm. and the wisdom to know the difference. And so I just sat down and I prayed that prayer. And it came to my mind to make a list of all the things that I can do. Because I was so mad about what I can't do, like what's not going my way. And so I wrote a list of all the things I can do. And it was like, I can wake up early and do whatever I want to do with that hour. Mm -hmm. You know, I can 
get a partner if I need a partner on this deal. I can eat healthy. I yeah. can exercise. Yeah. I can learn what I don't know. Yeah. Right. And and then decide. And then I decided what I was going to do. Like I made a list of all the things I can do, made a list and then decided what I'm going to do. And I got up and I started doing it. And it's not because I felt like it. It's just that I knew that I had to take action because yes. my feelings were dark. And I just want to encourage everybody that's listening that, um, you know, when you feel like life is throwing you a curveball or the rug's been pulled out from under you, one of the worst things we can do is focus on what we can't control because there's nothing you can do to change that stuff. But what we can control is ourself, our attitudes, our words, our actions. And so just could just focus on what you can control. I agree. I just want to throw this in here. Um, once you make a habit of doing the things that we're just talking about, when we are when we become determined that when life throws us a curveball, we're not going to freak out. Um, it's a game changer. And you have the upper hand. You have the upper hand because I think that we saw this in in the pandemic. Yeah. So many people absolutely freaked out during the pandemic. They just fell apart. And um, those who didn't fell apart, um, do you know that there were more millionaires and more billionaires created in between 2020 and now? Wow. Than any other years ever. That's Is that amazing. not because you know what? Yeah. There were other people that while the while the majority of the world was falling apart, there were other people that were okay. I'm you know, this is time to revamp. This is time to try something new. This is time to, and if we can always in every situation when something negative comes our way, when something bad happens, instead of falling apart, instead of being you know angry and and defeated, to go okay, this is my opportunity. This is what, what am I going to do with this new thing? How am I going to make the best of it? So mm -hmm. let's get in the habit of thinking like that because more, it's more bad stuff is going to happen to us yeah. and let's be prepared for it. Yeah. It goes back to that growth mindset mm -hmm. that you mentioned earlier. And we, we like to say the most expensive thing that you can own is a closed mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminded of, um, you know, this, this pandemic and now what we're, what we're in the midst of right now with whatever kind of um, economic downturn this is or ends up to be mm -hmm. um, in, in 2008, there was also some of the most innovative thing companies yes. came to fruition and millionaires and billionaires created yes. during that time too. And so I just want everybody who's, you know, feeling some fear or anxiety about what's currently happening is that in the economic situation that um, this is also a great time of opportunity for people yes. who think differently Absolutely. be someone who thinks differently. Yes. Mm. Yes. So let's talk about celebrating successes. Um, so Teresa, I think you're really good at this. How how um, how do you celebrate big victories, and do you celebrate small victories as well? Okay. So we are a celebrating family. We I love it. Celebrate everything. Every every single thing we celebrate. Um, we actually have a lot of things right this minute individually that we need to celebrate, and we've literally not had the time <sighs> because every time we close a deal of any sort. It's dinner and it's, it, you know, we're, we're, we're toasting to that thing. And um, I don't know if you know this, but Justin just recently got engaged. And Ooh. so, yeah, I mean, that's a huge celebration. I just, yeah. you know, I just moved into my house. Yeah. Um, 
we've just got lots of new things that we have accomplished in the last like 70 days. Yeah. And we have had no time to celebrate. It's driving us all crazy. <laughs> but we are looking, we're waiting for that big celebration. So yes, I sell we are celebrators of all the things. And it doesn't even have to be a huge thing if you just mark it as a celebration. Yeah. Then, you know, listen, we were gonna go to dinner anyway. Yeah. And now it's a celebration dinner and we're gonna toast the thing and now it's a <laughs> celebration. And so if we can just get in the habit of doing that and saying it out loud and let's be celebrators of each other, Mm. you know, that's what's so awesome is, you know, Justin, you know, just closed on a 50 acre ranch the other day. And, you know, we have to be responsible to celebrate him for that, you know? So that is, if we will just begin to recognize every little thing that somebody does and celebrate them. But and if nobody is celebrating you, then you have to do it yourself. And it's as simple as, you know what, post it on your social media and celebrate yourself that way. For me, it's a shopping spree, girl. That's my that's my thing. If I if you know, if I make a little extra money on something, um, a lot of people want to, you know, go on a trip or something. But hey, all I need is a couple hours of shopping and it's all inward. It is literally for me. I am celebrating something when I go on that shopping spree. So <laughs> even the small things, um, celebrate them. If you are, con- you know, if you're consistent with working out every, you know, for five days in a row, don't celebrate with pie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I am a believer. Celebrate. I, I think a good way to celebrate some of the smaller things is a social media post. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of t- people think that looks like bragging. And first of all, who cares? Second of all, um, it's okay to shout it to the world and it helps other people to yes. celebrate you, but it also helped them to get cl- used to celebrating themselves. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I, and I just want to encourage people too that, um, you know, when you, when you share your victories with other people, it encourages them to be brave. Yes. It's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, and you know, and I know that there's, there's a lot, there's things about, um, you know, giving secretly too. And there's something really beautiful and special about that also. But I also love to encourage people that if you've been blessed and you are giving um, to like, like it is okay for other people to know that because you are also inspiring other people and other businesses and companies to go, wow, we should be doing that too. And to, and to shine light on that cause or that organization. And so if you've been blessed and you want to celebrate by giving a gift, like let other people know like what you're doing and why. Um, I love that. And that's so true. And here's the deal. You know, your heart, you know, if you're doing it just to brag or if you're really celebrating, listen, I was never able to give. So whenever I am able to do it now, oh my gosh, it's out of humility and it's out of awe. And so if I am sharing it, um, it is not because I want you to know, oh, look at me. It is like, look at God, how he has blessed me. And now I'm able to do this thing. But I'm so glad you said that because um, I love to see what other people are doing because it does like remind me as like, oh, yeah, when's the last time I've blessed someone in that kind of a way? So absolutely, I love that. 
All right. Well, um, tell us, tell us, Teresa, about, um, so there's so many good habits, successful habits. There's seven habits of highly successful people. <laughs> there's, you know, the miracle mornings, lifesavers, et cetera. But let's like, let's just narrow it down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So if there are, are, were like the top three habits that you can think of mm -hmm. that our listeners can start doing today that would help them become a more successful person? What would those three things okay, be? Well, number one, I think this is so important, is getting out of bed when you set the alarm. Ooh, girl. Number one, just yeah. that simple thing. Um, do not hit that snooze button three times. Mm -hmm. Set the alarm and get up. That one thing alone is going to make you feel good about yourself versus how you feel about yourself when you keep hitting that snooze. You get you're, you're frustrated with yourself whenever you get up. Um, so that is number one. I, you know, I'm, if you've all heard the story about making the bed, I make my bed every single day. The minute that I get out of my bed, I make the bed. One thing, it keeps me from wanting to crawl back in it. Yep. <laughs> uh, but second of all, my mom really taught me this. Listen, if you make your bed, your bedroom is 70% clean. No matter what else it looks like, <laughs> if, it, if the bed is made, it at least looks a little better and feels a little cleaner. And a clean environment, a, a pretty environment gives, I enjoy that. So that means a lot to me. If I walk into the house at night and my bed's not made and I've got clothes everywhere, it's just a yucky feeling. So for me, uh, hitting that snooze button, hitting that snooze button, um, making the bed. And then if, if I'm going to say there's one thing that is the most important thing that you could do to make your day better, that will make your week better, that will make your life better. And that is spend some time with the one who created us. Mm -hmm. Spend some time with God. Open up the Bible, even if it's for two minutes, and read one scripture. Listen, this morning, uh, I have I have a new calendar that's got a scripture on it, and that scripture for November the ninth, like leaped off the page to me today. And um, you know, I'm so thankful for that. I've thought about it throughout this day two or three times because I the Bible is the Word of God. That is like. A book to us. And so, and then just to lay your burdens down, whatever's bothering you, nobody can fix that thing like God can. So just to spend five minutes saying, God, you know, whether it's your child you're worried about or your finances or a deal that's falling apart or that new contractor that you've got to replace, just spending a few minutes like praising God and laying down your burdens and knowing that he's got us. Those are my most three, those are the three things that I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm, I love it. That's such good stuff. That's such good stuff. And a great peek into like the mind of a successful person. And I know a lot of you teach this, this class called designing a life that you love. And so much of what you just said points back to, to that and becoming who you want to be. And yeah, um, and it all starts with, with that. Okay. It. Well, it's your turn. Um, okay. We always ask our guests uh, for three takeaways. So what three things would you advise an investor or an entrepreneur who is looking to be brave and grow or is perhaps feeling stuck where they are? All right. And I'm, I'm going to point back to some of my, my habits as well. So, um, so number one for me is, um, is get into the habit of journaling. 
like writing down your thoughts. Um, sometimes I write down my prayers. Um, it's, it's also, um, that's how I problem solve. If I write down something that's like, I don't know how to solve this thing, like writing about it really helps me. Um, but sometimes I also write to get clarity of what I want my life to look like. And so in Marie's book, Marie Forleo's book, everything is figure outable. She gives a couple of journal prompts that I think are really powerful. One is what I really want is what I really want is, and you write it over and over and you finish that sentence to just try to bring some clarity because so many of us, nobody's asking us what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to figure it out for ourselves and, yeah. then, and then, you know, put it out there and ask for it or make it happen. Um, and another way to think about this is to write down like, wouldn't it be cool if, because it, sometimes we can't even think for ourselves. And so if we can't think for ourselves, we could just say, what, wouldn't it be cool if? I like it. Yeah. And so um, getting to some clarity. But for me, journaling is one of those success habits that's just like kind of at the core. And I've been doing it since I was a kid. And it's just a habit that's continued throughout my life and ramped up in different ways based on where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um, but then from the journaling, I also um, moved to setting goals. So it's not just like, wouldn't it be cool if, and then there's no action behind it. Yeah. Cause for me, goal setting is about setting my intentions for the actions that I will take. And um, so a journal becomes goals, which becomes priorities and standards, which becomes, you know, your to-do list every day. Yeah. And, um, and then also like um, the third thing for me would be reading books. So reading to gain the knowledge um, that you need to, to learn, to be able to become who you need to be. And I think, you know, Joining joining mentorships, joining mastermind groups, going to conferences, listening to podcasts, all of those things. But there's also just something about reading and it's accessible to everyone. Um, and so borrow a book, go to the library, um, pick up a book that it helps you become who you need to be yes. so that you show up to your life as the person yes. that, that you you need to be to do what you want to do and have what you want to have. I agree. You've heard, you've heard me say that one of my pet peeves is when somebody says, well, I'm just not a reader. <laughs> well, just become one. Yeah. You know, instead you of can... declaring that you're not something. Yeah. Um, that's just, why would you say that? I'm just not yeah. a reader. Just yeah. become a reader. It's so vital. It's so life changing. Yeah. Um, and, and there's just, I mean, yes, Audible is good. Audible yes. is second. Yeah. But it's not first. There's something different about seeing the words. And obviously, if you've got severe dyslexia or something, it may not be possible. But other than that, you can become a reader. And oh, the power in those books of millions of brilliant people have put their words on in a book and on paper for us to consume. So Mm -hmm. let's consume. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Well, great conversation today. As always, Teresa, thank you so much. Um, And on behalf of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and Teresa Todd, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to be brave and dream big.